Hey, hey, Jesus people. I'm and everybody here. else. We, <laughs> love, we love you too. I'm Andrea Curry, and I'm here with Greg Lestick. Did yes. I say it correctly? Okay. Yeah, Lestick. Um, Congratulations, because well, everyone says it wrong. So, yes, good job. Off to awesome. A, off to a great start. Yes. After I butchered Annabelle's um, last name, at least, you know, I could do, do you. <laughs> I feel so honored. I could get you right. Um, so, Pastor Greg, actually. So Greg or Pastor Greg, I'm really the least picky person around. Yes. So we're going to be talking today a little bit about his background and just um, how he came into full-time ministry. But before we get into that, would you open us in prayer? I would episode? be delighted to. To Jesus, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to confirm we're on the same page there. <laughs> All right. Yes. You know, like, the, the, yes, the opening was probably indicative of that, but you, you can never be too yeah, clear. Yeah, you can never be too clear, All especially right. these days. <laughs> yes, so true. <laughs> All right, let's pray. But Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I thank you that even the fun and the giggles and the more serious conversations, I thank you that it all comes from you. Yes. And so, God, I ask that all of it would point us and those listening to you, that you would help us all to see you more clearly, become more like you, that as much as this is a fun conversation for us, that it would be more than that, that people would be encouraged that people would see you and think about you in ways that they haven't before. And as a result, they would fall more in love with you. Uh, yes. Bless Andrea for hosting us. Would you bless her ministry here and the other ministries that are featured here? Or, you know, bless everyone, Lord God. Help us all see you. More. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so used to working with my kids that I almost like, and, do, and in Jesus' name we pray. And then, like, I, you know, point out the microphone to them and let them all shout amen. And then I remember there's no one. Nobody. They can't, they can't shout back. <laughs> no, they can't. I mean, hopefully they're shouting amen at home. Yes. Or if you're Portuguese, amen. Amen. Yeah. It's Filipino. Or if you're just fancy. Or if you're just fancy. That's true. Um, speaking of how you how you began this, but like, you know, being clear with things. The first thing that I learned when I was like trying to speak Portuguese was how to say that I am a woman. Because I feel like that's a very important phrase. <laughs> I, it's an important to, clarification to nowadays. To clarify nowadays, you know. So, eu... Uh, oh, sorry. Hold on. How do I say it now? Eu soy uma mulher. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, I'm learning Portuguese. It's been a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I know a lot of words now. Nice. Yes. I know, like, oi como vai você, which... But here's the thing. I learned the little bit of Portuguese that I know. I learned from Brazilians. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes there's, you know, there's different dialects, so I don't know mm-hmm. which things will translate the same to, like, Portu- Portugal Portuguese, and right, which right. things are distinct to Portugal. So, I don't know. Odds are I'm going to end up somewhere, say the wrong thing, and get in trouble, and I'll need you to bail me out. So, just be ready for that. <laughs> well, I mean, you have Micah to bail you out. She probably That's she true. probably already has the cash on hand. She, she's over here. You got, yes. You can't see where I'm pointing. My arm went off screen. But she's over. she's over here. That uh, way. Cheering us on some of the time, laughing at us all the time, but it's all good. Yes. And I'm, you know, quickly realizing that he's much taller than Micah was, so I have to, like, lift up the microphone a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I chuckle every time I look at a photo of me with her family because I'm like, I look like a giant. So I look a little... <laughs> a little taller than everybody? Yeah, just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I notice that, too, when I look at the pictures. I'm like, there's Micah's family, and then there's Greg. And I'm not like super tall for those for those watching. I'm like five foot eleven, so I'm not like a giant or anything. I'm not tall in the Philippines. That is but, tall. Yeah, in the, that is, is tall that is tall in the, tall in the Philippines. Philippines, and especially in Micah's family, since most of them are five foot. Um. Well, like her family, I think is average. Some of them are even tall for the Philippines. Like I, I was learning that some of them are like above average. Are you average. tall for the Philippines? No, I'm like normal. Yeah. She's, and, and how tall are you? Five two. Five two. Yeah. I'm five four. Actually, no, I'm five three. Didn't we find that out during summer camp? Uh, anyway, that we're not here to discuss height, yeah. um, although it does affect the microphone. So if you see me moving the microphone, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I'm just adjusting for the sound. But um, Greg, hi, hi, how are you? I'm I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I was slowly realizing you know, we've been in this podcast for a little bit. We've been going for a little bit, and we haven't remotely talked about anything of a. We've just been like ad libbing and joking this whole time. Yes. So your blooper reel is going to be extensive. (laughs) Yes, yes, this is true. Um, So tell us a little bit more about how you um, got involved in in wanting to be a pastor. Yeah. 
Um, so I, my da father was a pastor, and I can say that in a, when you grow up as a pastor's kid, you get mm -hmm. to know a lot of other pastor's kids because pastors know each other and they hang out together, particularly if you're part of a denomination, uh, you hang out with other pastors from that denomination. And from growing up in church and even in adulthood knowing pastors, I can say that in a lot of families there is a pressure that if you're the child of a pastor, you're going to be a pastor. But I'm very thankful that wasn't the case. <laughs> I, my bad guys. Um, that wasn't the case in my family. Mm -hmm. um, I have three siblings. I have an older brother, a younger brother, and then my sister is the youngest. And none of them feel called to ministry, and there's zero pressure for anyone to do it. It's more ever since I was little, like as early, young as I can remember, I remember feeling just it's all I ever wanted to do. It's what I was passionate about. It's what I felt called to. Um, and I also, you know, along with that, also became a Christian at a very young age as well. I was probably four or five when I first chose to follow Jesus. And I can't, you can't comprehend a whole mm -hmm. lot at that age, but I can comprehend that, you know, I've done things wrong and that, you know, God as, as, as the king of everything, when I did things wrong, I was disobeying him. Mm -hmm. And as a result, when you do bad things, you deserve to be punished. But God himself took our punishment in Jesus. Like, that's something that even like a four or five year old can comprehend. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of once I got saved, like, you know, there were things that I, I didn't understand. And later on down the road, I would come to a better understanding of or things I would need to relearn. But I knew enough that, like, I was passionate about it. And I also knew that that's what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. I could definitely I could I could relate to that somewhat. So I don't know. I don't know if you know, like part of my story is I actually did grow up in the church when I was younger. And it wasn't until like I was a bit older that I actually rejected my faith. But I remember being so excited for VBS when I was little. I remember, like, Xing Jesus into my heart, like, five or six times. Because every time they're like, all right, did anybody hear sin? Does anybody want to uh, give their life to Jesus? I'd be like, me, me, I'm, I'm so terrible. Sorry. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> I, was, I was put in time out this week. I need to, I need to repent again. Um, but I remember, like, just being so sincere about it at that time and at, at that age. And having an understanding of it. And I think that's what uh, was so beautiful about being a part of VBS this year as like a teacher and in leading the kids in worship and everything is recognizing that you can have that understanding. And I think that's why Christ says, you know, um, that we unless we look at him as like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Like, you know, he, he kind of tells us in the word that kids understand it probably probably better than adults sometimes. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of way that that kids do because uh, in case you guys don't know, I'm not I'm a pastor, but I'm not the senior pastor at my church. I'm the the next gen pastor, so I'm basically every over everything from birth through the end of high school, and we don't currently have young adults, but when we do, I'll be over that as well. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my age range, and like there's just something kids, if you tell them, hey, this is true, like unless they grow up a little bit too fast, a mm -hmm. lot of times they're just like. Yeah, or there's kind of like an inherent trust, especially between kids and their parents, if, it, if mm -hmm. it's a healthy relationship, that is just like, it makes sense. Like, yeah, no, I trust you. If you think about it, a kid can't do much of anything right. for themselves. Mm -hmm. They are solely dependent on someone else to mm -hmm. provide for them, to care for them, to feed them. And as an adult, if we were in that predicament, it would be extremely stressful. Yeah. Because we're like, I don't know if I can count it. But for a child, it's the most securing thing in the world. And I think that's kind of how it is with Jesus is we need to come to that realization that it needs to come entirely from his end mm -hmm. and that we're incapable and to find instead of anxiety that find peace in that. Right. And I think that's, that's when we have that peace of his that passes all understanding is when we do come to that recognition that it's through his strength and his power that we do these things. And because of that, we can trust him and have that security in him. Um, and, and he relates to himself as a father all the time. He, he tells us, you know, one of my favorite parables, I think, is the parable when he says, you know, um, what son, if he comes to his father and asks for a fish, is, is what father is going to give him a rock? Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of letting us know, like, you know, I love you like a parent loves you, even more so. And so I'm going to only bring good things to you. You might go through some bad things, but that doesn't mean that the end result is not going to be where I'm leading you to if you just trust me. And kids pick up on that so easily because they have that natural trust of authority that I think once we get older, especially if we're in an unhealthy family union, like you mentioned before, and again, going going back to my own testimony, that was kind of like my 
situation. I was going to church every Sunday, but I didn't have a dynamic with my father where I could trust him. So eventually, as I got older and I, as I had more of an understanding, I chose to walk away from the faith. I, I walked away. I went, I went in a completely different direction. <laughs> I became a psychic medium for a little bit. We'll get into that on other episodes. We won't, we won't go too deeply into that right now. But like I, I, <laughs> that in the no. I went in the complete, like uh, I, I, I did a 360 and just went in, uh, not a 360, a 180, and went in the complete opposite direction. Um, yeah the wrong side as Micah said um <laughs> and that was that was interesting all in of itself because it went from even when I was younger and having that understanding even though there was turmoil in my house I always had I was always a joyful child like I remember people commenting on that um and I remember just God doing stuff in me when I was little um and showing me some some stuff and everything and then because of that lack of trust and stability in my own house I was like, you know what, Lord, I can't trust you because I can't trust my family, so I'm out. And I went in the opposite direction. But it, it's crazy to think, like, how we act as parents. Like, you know, we're not, none of us are parents yet. But how we act as parents or even as examples and leaders in these different youth ministries as a pastor um, and even as, uh, me and Micah as volunteers, how important um, us having that reputation with the kids that they could trust us how important that ability for them to trust adults in their lives is going to translate into their walk with Christ absolutely like I can say for for myself like there's things in my life because I I grew up in a Christian household there are a lot of things in that environment that were great there were also some things that were actually really really broken mm-hmm. and, and really dysfunctional um interesting that you mentioned your relationship with my with your father a lot of it was in my relationship with my father mm-hmm. and like things that really within like I'm, I'm 30 years old now it's only been within the last like year or two or three that I've really been getting to process like how wrong my perception of God is mm-hmm. because of how my relationship with my father was mm-hmm. um, because I've heard people speaking to parents say just remember that the first Jesus they're ever going to see is the one in you Mm. Not not saying that obviously our parents are gods, but like their first perception of what God is like is going to be seen through the lens of who you are to them. Mm. And so um, it's an incredible challenge, and it's not like a, a a threat. Like unless you're a perfect parent, you have doomed your <laughs> child to hate God. But it is like you know a recognition of kind of the 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 awesome responsibility mm-hmm. that comes. And like you said, like the parents is obviously the biggest role because they're the the ones charged first, uh, apart from God Himself charged first with like you know caring for the child and training them in the ways of God but like you said those of us who who serve in ministry whether it's in a formal or an informal capacity mm-hmm. you know it's a big responsibility and I think because we're never gonna get it 100% right one of the biggest things we can do is be comfortable admitting when we get it wrong yeah be- so that way when we don't reflect Jesus we realize we can help them understand that's a reflection of me not a reflection of him mm. um, and I think that's really important yeah I, I could definitely agree with that. I think um, even uh, I remember talking with um, Mandy, my, our pastor's wife, um, uh, during VBS. She was talking about how they had this uh, whole thing for the parents in regards to helping them to navigate their children with, like, this whole world of tech that we now have and everything. Um, and one of the conversations that they had was exactly about that, when, knowing when to apologize when you do get it wrong rather than being like well I'm the adult so you know do as I say not as I do and it's like no you know what you you could approach a child in humility and say well you know what you're right I did do that wrong because children know they know when we get it wrong like sometimes I talk to these teens and I can imagine with the with the little kids too they probably point this out as well but I know sometimes I'm talking to the teenagers I'm surprised the things that they point out and the things that they see around them I'm just like wait what you notice that you see that too and I'm just like mm, I, and sometimes they ask me my opinion and I'm like I got no comment I got no comment I can't tell you how I feel about that because you're too young for me <laughs> like, <laughs> to go off on a tangent but um, it's just interesting to see how their own eyes kind of open up and how they see those things reflected in the people around them and sometimes the things that we don't even think that they're looking to or hearing, they're paying very close attention to. Absolutely. And they're always watching, because especially in that stage of life, 
they're designed to be just absorbing a whole lot of information. Mm -hmm. Like in early childhood, especially, like, you know, they just take in everything. But even older, like as they're still developing, God designed them that way so that they can grow by observing. Mm -hmm. And so like, so whatever they observe in that time, they're going to absorb and it's going to get in there deep. Um, and when you're talking about like having that kind of like humility and how we approach them and how we relate to them and admitting our faults, it makes me think of, um, I believe it's Ephesians chapter two, where, where Paul is encouraging them like, hey, whatever's going on, like, you know, have absolute, absolute humility. And then he points to the example of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he says, who, although he was equal with God, he didn't consider a qual- although he is God, he didn't consider equality with God as something to be held mm-hmm. onto. Then instead he emptied himself mm-hmm. to the to the point of becoming a servant, becoming a human. And then he entered himself even further to the point of dying on a cross, which is a cross, like now we have like symbols of crosses everywhere. And the first thing we think of is Christianity. But back then, the first thing they would think of is very painful Roman execution. Mm. And so like, you like, look at that level of humility. And it's just, it, for one, it's humbling and, and moving that the God of the universe said, like if, you know that's what it's going to take to save them and i'm willing to do it mm-hmm. and then two just like if the god of the universe is willing to humble himself so much how can i struggle to humble myself enough to say when i've got it wrong or or when i don't know the answer or when sometimes it's like hey i'm doing the best i can but i also realize the best i have to offer isn't necessarily always going to be good enough mm-hmm. but that's okay because of him right who is good enough on my behalf yeah I, I mean, I think that's 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 the thing, right? It's like recognizing, um, and we talked about this a little bit before with Micah too, um, recognizing that it's him who's doing things through us. It's it's never just of our own ability, especially, you know, having something like like you mentioned, you, you feel like you were called to be a pastor from the time that you were young. Um, a calling, especially a calling from God, I mean, you know, that's a high responsibility. But it's not ever going, if you only go into it with like, oh, I'm Greg and I'm a pastor and it's Greg who's, you know, and and it's just only ever through your own strength, you're going to get exhausted very quickly. You're going to find yourself weary more often than you're going to find yourself energized. And, you know, you're a very energetic guy. (laughs) I I still definitely get exhausted. That's something that like, I still need to be reminded of. Like, I still have times where I'm like, I'm so stressed and I'm so exhausted. And then I need to remind myself, yeah, it's because like, you're, you're claiming the responsibility for the success of this on you mm-hmm. it's not your ministry you've been entrusted to it but you're just a steward it's not even yours right um and it's funny how sometimes god has the funniest ways of reminding you because often how he does it is like i'll have like a service or something that i feel was like a train wreck of course that's the one where a kid comes up to you and goes man what you spoke on tonight like god was speaking to me would you pray with me and then i'm like yes god i remember it's all you it's not yeah. me. <laughs> i had um that's happened to me a few times um there was one time I was an intern at a church and like felt that I'm like, man, I really, I really feel like that didn't go better. Maybe I should have rehearsed it more, but I felt like if I had rehearsed it more, it would have been for the purpose, not of making sure the communication was clear, but mm. of trying to be just like this perfect public speaker, right? like almost for my own sake. And of course that was the one where a student came up to me. He's like, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. Can you pray? Yeah. With and then there was one time where uh, I was teaching, uh, this is my freshman year of Bible college which I went to Bible college a little bit later. I wasn't like 18 years old. I was in my mid-20s. Um, and I was assigned to teach a, a middle school boys Sunday mm-hmm. school class. Um, <laughs> on, middle school. Yes. That's always the hardest. Especially since, <laughs> especially since this this church was large enough that they had separate youth groups for middle school and high school. Mm. Um, and I had always worked with high school, so I didn't even know these kids very well. They'd had a couple events that was everyone, and so I had seen them in passing, but I knew the high schoolers. Um, and I was still like, it's my freshman year. So I'd only just gotten to this church because I'm from Virginia originally. And this school was in New Jersey. Mm. So foreign environment. So anyway, I was assigned to teach on John chapter three, being born again. Mm. And, uh, I, I like, I'm the type of person that if I'm given a lesson, I don't want to just go buy the book. This Like I like making it my own. That's just how, how I'm wired. And so I'm like, Oh, I think I've got some like creative ideas that I think, you know, will work well for this. It'll help the kids understand. It'll be engaging for them. Like, my first idea was, like, you know, born again is one of those phrases that we throw around in church. I call it Christianese. Like, <laughs> you're learning to speak Portuguese. We In church, we speak Christianese. Yes. <clears throat> Which is just these words and phrases like holiness, sanctification, born again, eternal life. 
that we throw around in church, but we don't always do a great job of explaining. Mm-hmm. This is actually what the series I'm going through with my youth is a series on Christianese. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, so how can I explain this? So I found like a, a video that was like Google Translate sayings where they like take the words to a song, plug them <laughs> into Google Translate into another language and another and another, and then back to English. But the le- by that point, the lyrics are all mixed up. And I'm like, that'll be just a funny video to open up with. Like, it will get the kids laughing and engaged. And then you can segue from that with like, you know, sometimes we at church use words and phrases that get thrown around and they also get lost in translation. Mm-hmm. And born again is one of those. Today, we're going to learn what that means. And then, you know, get into John chapter three. And then I also had this illustration that was, it was basically long jump. Mm. Um, and the last one was supposed to be impossible, like too far for them to reach to show how it's impossible for us. Mm-hmm. To, to be good enough for God. It's not that it's hard. It's impossible. That's why we need Jesus. And I knew the whole lesson was going go to go down the drain the moment the first kid showed up. And this eighth grader, this eighth grader was six foot six. <laughs> he could step farther than I could jump. <clears throat> Turns out his dad played for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, but he wasn't built like a, like a football player. He was built like a basketball player more. Like he mm-hmm. was lean. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this kid's going to like leap farther than this room. Because I like, well, I was in a room. I had size requirements. I couldn't just set it up infinitely long. Right, right. So that, so I'm like, okay, but at least I got the video. That would be a good way to start up. But what I had forgotten is, so the song I'd chosen is I'll Make a Man Out of You mm-hmm. uh, from Mulan. <laughs> what I had forgotten is in that this Google Translate sings in the part where in the original it says, pack up, go home, you're through. The mixed up lyrics became, go home in a six pack, up yours. And the moment they said up yours, I lost <laughs> the entire every crowd. every single middle school boy in that class. Yeah. And I'm panicking. Like, this is my freshman year. Not only that, this is the first semester of my freshman year of Bible college. I'm like, I'm going to be banned from ministry and I haven't even started yet. <laughs> Fast forward three years. One of those kids who was an eighth grader is now like a junior in high school. And we're at like an all nighter at the church kind of that they did. And we're having a breakout session. And, and one of those kids is in my group in the all-nighter and he's like it kind of reminds me of something we talked about a long time ago about how it's not it's not hard for us to be good enough for god our own it's impossible that's why we need jesus and internally i'm like someone got something out of that train wreck of a lesson and part of me is like laughing but part of me is like oh my goodness god you Mm -hmm. really you really don't need me no if you i'm reminded all the time god if you can speak through a donkey you can speak through me Right. Um, and so it was like, it was a funny experience, <laughs> but it was also a very, like, at the same time, a humbling and encouraging experience yeah. that everything that I felt could have gone wrong did go wrong, but God still used it. And yeah. there's a kid three years later remembering something, not because I communicated it well, but because God planted that in his heart. And and I think that that's the important thing to remember. I think one of, one of my favorite verses in scripture is um, from Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 61. Um, where it talks about that the word of the Lord never goes void. You know, our words, they go void. But his word, it goes forth to accomplish what he wills. So if he wants to reach somebody, he's going to do it, whether he uses us um, or he uses something else. And sometimes even the most minute things that we don't even think are a big deal, he uses those things. Like um, I mentioned this a little bit in episode five. And um, I'm talking about like when I was in Portugal and everything. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me there and it's something that I know you know when I was early on in being involved in ministry and everything um, I had the privilege of working with this man Nick Tatora he was my youth director over at ICC uh, still a really great friend shout out Nick um, he Hi, is, Nick. I don't know you but you sound like a nice guy yeah he, awesome brother in the Lord him and his wife Bonnie just really amazing people they they helped actually sponsor me to go to Portugal and everything Um, I'm very appreciative for their friendship. But he said to me something when we first started that has always stuck with me since. And I've never forgotten it. And I think about it all the time when I'm ministering, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm just moving chairs around, whether I'm, you know, behind the scenes or up front. um, He we were setting up for um, our Sunday school and I was putting the chairs and he was like, well, how do the chairs look to you? And I'm I'm like, "They, they look fine. And he's like, here's the thing everything we do we got to do it to the best of our ability for the lord and he's like and and you have to take care of it because you see how this chair right here is just a little bit askew that's going to cause whoever's sitting here to be looking here rather than looking at the screen but now if we take the time to just make sure that the seat is straight right now that that kid is going to be engaged and he's going to be looking at this the screen 
You know, you might think that these little minute things don't make a difference, but they're all a part of that person hearing the gospel. And when I went to Portugal, um, I was very much behind scenes. Like I went because I was ready and roaring and ready to go to share the gospel. And I did get opportunities to share the gospel and also to encourage some of the women in my dorm and everything. And all that was awesome. But most of the time I was behind the scenes cleaning toilets. Um, And I was reflecting every time I was doing this and just praying for these kids who were going to be using these toilets and these showers and praying for them to, to experience God that week. And what I, I learned through the whole thing or what strength got strengthened, because like I said, it was something that I already know, but it got strengthened through this whole entire thing is that where you are at in terms of servicing in the body of a Christ is just as important no matter what, where you're at, because it all has to do with getting the message out and so I might have been behind the scenes cleaning toilets but that service to the Lord and providing that service to the camp allowing the people who are staff at the camp to be able to be involved with the campers and not have to worry about cleaning a shower you know that was opening up the door and opportunity for the spirit of God to move whether I'm out front and able to speak it out or on behind the scenes, you know, you're still being a part of that effort of sharing the gospel by your actions. And now throughout that whole entire week, I'm just cleaning the bathrooms. I barely got to speak to a lot of the campers and everything. One of the things that they did for the staff at the end of the week was that they had cards that people could sign to like, just say goodbye and everything. It was actually really cute. And um, one of the people who signed my card was like, you know, I didn't actually get a chance to meet you. But I, you know, I just, I see you all week and just, I'm inspired by your joy and encouraged by just your smile and your, your joy is just so contagious. And I'm so grateful that you were here. And I was just like, wow, I didn't even talk to this person once. Like I didn't, and, and I don't think that I'm, you know, having that much of an impact because again, I'm cleaning toilets. I don't think anybody's seeing me. And here this woman is like, man, I didn't get a chance to actually meet you. But every time I seen you this week, you just encouraged me by being there you know um and it was just kind of like a, a beautiful reminder of the fact of you know what we do and and the interactions that we have with people have such a deeper impact than we think that they have because it's God who's using us and he's the one who's going to point out to people like hey you need to you know you need a smile right now look at Andrea see how happy she is and that just makes you know that person smile or you know um <laughs> Greg has a silly sermon and and somehow, because you, you made that kid laugh, he also heard what you had to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's often those silly things that we think are going completely unnoticed that God uses the most for his kingdom. Because it's not, he's showing us through that, that it's not our strength. It's not anything that we could do, but it's him working in and through us to do what he wants, which is insane. And I think that that joy in particular is an incredible thing. I remember um, <clears throat> this also happened when I was in Bible college, but a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Like I was going through a, a really kind of tough season with God, and and a lot of it was stemming from like just wrong mindsets I had about relating to Him. Like mm-hmm. it, in in my mind, my relationship with God was kind of all my efforts. Like you know, I'm saved by grace, absolutely. But then once I get past that, it's all yeah. on me, and every time I fall short, it's on me, and it was becoming a burden mm. I couldn't bear. I've been I, there, and I would, <laughs> and I would, and most of the time I was miserable, and I have, yeah. I've, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a few different like mentors in my life that even if I don't see them as regular as I used to, I can still reach out to them. Like I have one that I talk to like every week or every other week. He's like person who, who holds me accountable. I mm. talk to when stuff is going on with me. Uh, his name's, uh, pastor Dan. And then this one was uh, another gentleman. Named... A lot of shout outs tonight. Yes. A lot of <laughs> shout outs, pastor Dan. And then this particular gentleman in this story, his name is, uh, pastor Andy. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's a, he's a, he's a great friend of mine. And something he, he kind of encouraged me with it in that point is like, Greg, I want you to think about you and how you relate to God now. If you were someone who didn't know Jesus, if they observed you and how you related to God, do you think they'd want it? Mm. And I'll mm. be and I had to be honest, no, I don't think they would. He's like, Greg, I just want you to know there is something God is so much more beautiful. Amen. And so much more gracious. Amen. Than you think he is. Yeah. And when you discover that mm-hmm. it's going to have the most profound impact on your life like that burden is going to drop because it's interesting because like we're told to carry our cross in scripture but it also says Jesus says also says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest like how mm-hmm. do 
how is bearing a cross, which is literally the instrument of my death, uh-huh. and, and a light burden go together? And the truth is because you're not carrying it alone. Right. A yoke was made for two oxen. Amen. I was waiting for you to get there. <laughs> I was about to say it. A, a, yoke, yeah. <laughs> a yoke was made for two oxen. Um, and frequently how they would train a weaker one is they would pair it with a stronger one. The mm-hmm. weaker one doesn't even have to, to pull that hard. They, oh, those strong ones doing actually right. doing the majority of the work. And so it's something that, being honest, that transformation they talk about is something I'm still in the process of. Mm. Um, but I can say, like, each day, not saying I don't have rough days, but God is increasingly becoming more and more beautiful because I realize how little of it actually rests on me. I can function from a place uh, of being accepted by him. Yeah. Or at least I'm growing in that. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about, like, excellence when you're talking about the chair and not wanting it to be a distraction. And I think what makes separates excellence for God's glory from, from like, being perfectionism. A, perfectionism and being a Pharisee is the heart behind it. Mm. A Pharisee says, I am justified by this. Excellence says, I'm already justified. And mm. so because of that, I'm already made right with God. And because of that, I'm just if I can straighten this chair and that's going to help point people to Jesus, I just want people to know. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I I completely relate to that. I'm sure um, a lot of people would, you know, I I went through a period of time myself, like um, also going back to even like that period of time before, you know, COVID and everything. When I was in that period where I wasn't quite walking right with God, a lot of that had to do with like my shame. Like I felt like I wasn't worthy of him because I wasn't, perfect or I wasn't righteous enough or I wasn't like worthy enough of his forgiveness and I remember one of the best things that one of my mentors has shared with me was that that was coming from a place of pride she was like you know that that's pride and at first when she first said it to me I was like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) pride me say say what (laughs) excuse me (laughs) um and then um upon reflecting on it after she had said that to me and really thinking about it i was like you know what she's right because she went on to explain that what you're saying is that jesus's sacrifice for you wasn't enough to forgive your sins like he could forgive everybody else but you you are too bad his sacrifice was not enough for that and and you're forgetting about his grace and how loving of a father he is and I think that that's why it's so important to me and, and how we began this conversation talking about, you know, him as a father, um, why that's so um, relevant to me, because I didn't have that good example of a father. So a lot of times what I began to realize was I reflected God and who he is as a father as who my father was. And so I felt like I needed to earn his love. And once I tore that off and I realized I don't need to earn his love, like I already have his love. It's not a matter of earning his love. That's already, like you said, it's already by grace that we're saved. Afterwards, you know, our devotion to him, our desire to live righteously. How did somebody get through to me? I put my phone on. Do not disturb. Um, Whoever you are, do you work for the CIA? Am I in trouble? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it, it it's like uh, once I was able to look past the fact of, you know, feeling like I wasn't good enough for him. And realizing that I already have his love. I don't need to earn it. I don't need to be good enough for him. Because the truth is, our righteousness is as filthy rags. No matter what we do in this lifetime, we would never be good enough for him if that was the the justification for his love. But it's not. His love is an unconditional love that loves us even when we are still sinners. Even before we repented and came to him, he loved us. You know, nothing can separate us from his love. Um, Once I came to that realization... That, that shame, even though sometimes, like, if I do feel like I fall short, I still struggle with it. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, Lord, why did I do that to you? And then he reminds me, like, well, what are you doing right now? You're repenting, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, so <laughs> then we're good. Like, just keep taking that next step, that next right step, and um, not hold on to that shame, because ultimately shame is not from God. Mm-hmm. You know, he convicts us. He points us in the right direction. He changes the lane that we're in to put us right back into his will. Um, but he doesn't shame us. He doesn't put us in this position of being away from his love. Um, and I think that that's such an important thing to recognize. Whether, you know, you've never come to Christ before. And here we go. <laughs> Segwaying in, into the gospel. But, you know, it, it, whether you've never come to Christ before in your life or, or if you've known him for a long time, it's 
It's important for us to preach the gospel to ourselves on a constant basis to remember that the reason he came for us is because of his love. The reason he died for us is because he wanted a relationship with us. A relationship can't be there if there's not like love, you know, um, if, if you and, and Micah had met and like you had demanded her to love you, I don't think you'd be still sitting here. <laughs> I, still sitting here. I never would have gotten here. Yeah. No, she wouldn't have, uh, she wouldn't have dealt with that for very long. You she know, would have dealt with that. Like she, she knows what she's want, like not in a bad way at all, in a very good way. She tends to know what she wants. And so like, if, if I was not up to snuff, like there's no kind of like, Oh, well, let's see. No, she's like, no, I know. I know. <laughs> I know my worth. What are you talking about? I know my worth. Like, so no, uh, not saying I'm perfect. Not by, not by a long shot, but yes. Right. Right. But we shouldn't be looking for perfection, you know, when we're looking for a relationship anyway, mm-hmm. you know, to segue into relationships really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's important when we're looking for, for that person to, you know, have standards, to have mm-hmm. godly standards, um, to look at their walk and, and, you know, say, okay, is this person truly a person who's following God? Because ultimately, like everything that we've talked about, the the person that we're with is also going to be a guiding light for us, either towards the dark or towards Christ. You know, bad company corrupts good manners. So even especially like in relationships, I always look at it like, you know, who whoever I'm going to date, they need to have a really strong relationship with God mm-hmm. without me. Yeah. You know, it can't be that we're strong in God together because what's going to happen if you know, we can't spend all the time together. What is going to happen if we break up? You know, um, I think one of the things that I, I love that Pastor Mike always says, um, we also refer to him as Pastor Buzzkill. If you guys watch any of the episodes with me and Annabelle, so you've heard I, this. I don't attend the same church as them because I'm at my own church in New Jersey. So I did not know this. Pastor Mike, if you see this, I had nothing to do with this nickname and I love you. So please don't. <laughs> oh, no, he fully, he fully... In his, embraces embraces in the that fact case, that he's you Pastor, rock Buzzkill. Pastor Buzzkill. Yes, he knows that he's Pastor Buzzkill. He's okay. he's the one who first said it. We just took it from there, um, because whenever like for me, for example, I, I I love talking to him about relationships. I don't really bring them up to him unless like I feel like there's a need to. But I remember like I was talking to him about a guy recently, and he was like, Andrea, I don't want to I don't want to hear anything about your <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about him. And then he then he'll ask me questions about him though. So, <laughs> um, but I'm not talking to that person anymore anyway. So it doesn't matter. But I like putting them past like the Pastor Mike test. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, because uh, I like that he's Pastor Buzzkill. That was my mm-hmm. whole point. I like that he kind of like talks it how it is. But one of the things that he says that I really love is you know he talks about um, keeping Christ at the center of the relationship and always pushing each other towards Him because at the end of the day. Because sometimes relationships do end. But if you were focused no, no, on Christ... You're, you're not getting out of this. Oh, no, I know. I know she's not getting out of it. I've, I'm already planning her wedding in my head. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, let me know when you're proposing. I'm not... <laughs> she's like, um, oh, Michael, I'll let you have some input for you. Yes, wedding. yeah, Sorry, eventually. Sorry, continue. I, I got um, ADHD. It's all right. ADHD. No, it's okay. Um, Annabelle didn't let me plan her a proper bridal shower, so uh, Micah, call me um, <laughs> <laughs> when it's time. Um, but, yes, yeah, so anyway, one of the things that he says all the time is, like, to keep Christ at the center and keep pushing each other towards him because uh, eventually, like, if it does end up ending, you're going to leave each other better than when you came together because the focus was on Jesus rather than entering into it and just focusing on each other because when your focus is just on each other your relationship becomes an idol before God and ultimately what's going to happen from that is you know either you're both going to be pulled away from God one of you is going to be pulled away from God but eventually even from that because he talks about that too even if you mess up um, you know, to look at it as a lesson and reflect on it to see how God is bringing you towards somebody better in the future or um, towards reconciling that re- relationship in the way that it should be. So, you know, ultimately, though, this is the person that's going to be your spouse. This is a person who you're going to raise children with. This is the person who's going to have that effect that we were talking about before. I don't know how this became like a show about parenting. But <laughs> 
<laughs> Especially since none of us in this room no, are parents. Not none of us are parents. Us. But uh, I sometimes feel like I am with my youth kids, but right? I, I get to send them home at some point with the parents. That they're like, oh, I got to send you guys home. I'll wait till you are home. <laughs> um, I, like, on that note, a quick tangent side note. I got confused for an 18-year-old this week during VBS. Um, I getting younger and younger. Yeah. Uh, while I, I was in I Portugal, for an 18 year old. while I was in Portugal, everybody thought I was 22. And then one of the moms at VBS thought that I was 18. Um, her daughter wanted to dress like me. She, she actually did dress like me. Go to my social media page and see me and my mini me. Cause she is so adorable. I absolutely love this girl. Um, she still has me wrapped around her finger. Like if she, if her mom ever calls me and is like, Raina wants to see you. I'm dropping everything. <laughs> Where is Everything. she? Alaska. I'm on my back. way. Getting a plane right now. Tickets. It doesn't matter how much. I absolutely love and adore this child. Um, but her mom confused me for an 18-year-old. And I just got a huge kick out of that. Because she was like, oh, you babysit, right? And I'm like, um, I mean, if you really need to be too. But you think I'm a teenager, don't you? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're 18, aren't you? And I'm like, girl, I'm 34. Like my sweet summer child. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you're my new favorite person. And then she was like, I'm 38. I was like, see, so we could hang out. Like, <laughs> and yeah. I get to see your child. Like, it's a win-win. Right. Um, but anyway, I don't know how I got into that. But uh, it's important. <laughs> Parenting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important, like, who, who you're with is going to end up being the reflection of Jesus, like we were talking about before, in your child's life. So it's important to think about that even when you're in the dating stage even when you're, for me it's important to think about when I'm in the talking stage I talk to somebody within 24 hours I'm like I don't want to raise kids with you goodbye yeah. <laughs> Some, sometimes the, the, the warning flags come really early yeah in which case run before you get emotionally attached it's just smart yes it's, it's very smart run yeah but to, to kind of build off of kind of what you're saying about like you know judging the person I think it really comes back to you were talking about the gospel earlier, right. and this is the part where I get to go full bible for full bible nerd so fair warning for all of you so the the word for gospel in the bible is eongelion mm. and the word eongelion we know it means like good announcement or good news but it wasn't used for just any kind of good news mm. like if like if I were to tell you good news I brought ice cream we would consider that good news oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Micah said amen like but um wait wait you got to trigger one of the buttons. I feel so honored. But um, <laughs> back to Bible nerding. So, so the word eongelion was used primarily in a political sense. So, like, there's some Old Testament Hebrew words associated with that as well. There's a noun, besora, and a verb, beser. And I'm going to stop talking about all these words because that's when people's eyes glaze over and they take a nap. But um, the point is, these words were almost always used in a political context in reference mm. to like the reign of a king. So for example, if, if the armies of Israel were victory in battle and had victory in battle and they sent news throughout the kingdom that they won and the king's reign is still secure, that's when this word would be used. Mm. And the Greek word was used when a new Roman emperor ascended to the throne. They would send messengers throughout the kingdom, hear the good news, hear the eongelion, hear the gospel. Mm. We have a new king and the world will never be the same. Mm. And it's interesting to note that when in Jesus' earthly kingdom, the, the theme that he talks about... Actually, I'm going to turn this into a question for you. Okay. What theme did Jesus talk about more than anything else? Uh, the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> yes. Uh, either wait, the... <laughs> yes. Uh, either the, the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. Matthew tends to prefer to use the kingdom of heaven, but it's used interchangeably with the kingdom mm -hmm. of God and the other gospel. But yes, that's what he talked about more than talked about more than anything else more than heaven more than hell more than money which is what people sometimes mm -hmm. think he talked about the most he talked about the kingdom of god and his message was you've been separated from god's kingdom because you were traitors god's kingdom right if you tried to enter you'd be executed because that's what as a traitor that's what you deserve but the he's, his message was the kingdom is at hand so that is like god is making a way for you to come back mm -hmm. into his kingdom but jesus wasn't just saying hey god's kingdom is coming he was saying that he is the king that was bringing it when he was questioned before Pilate he said my kingdom is not of this world so he acknowledged he had a kingdom but it wasn't an earthly kingdom that was spread by conquest instead it was spread through his sacrificial death mm. and so how all of this relates to relationships I know it seems very very far off from that you don't want just someone who believes that Jesus exists that you don't even want someone who just believes that he died for your sins you want someone who Jesus is their king amen because if he is anything less, 
then there's going to come a point where what they want and what Jesus wants to diverge, diverge and if they're on the throne of their life, mm. they're going to win out. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to find someone who executes that perfectly because we've already established none of us do. But what is the general kind of trend and trajectory of their life? What are they seeking to grow in? Is it in God's kingdom or their own? Mm. Amen. <laughs> I, I don't even have much to add to that because I concur. <laughs> She's just like, amen. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very important. I mean, you know, we talked about it in the episode before with Micah about, you know, our lives being a living testimony, a living um, sacrifice for God. And in order for it to be a living sacrifice, he has to be our king. You know, um, uh, my old church used to have this sign that hangs in the back that says Jesus is Lord. Because ultimately, that is the thing that we always have to remember, that he's Lord, which means that he makes the decisions. So if something ends, if something begins, if something doesn't go our way, or if he points us in a different direction than what we think that we want to go, um, Jesus is Lord. And it's through that that we have peace, that we have comfort, and that we understand him. And when you're coming together with someone, if Jesus is not their Lord, like you said, I mean, ultimately someone's got to win out in in the debate either they're going to pull you towards themselves or what they're putting as lord in their life or you're going to pull them towards jesus and i mentioned this already before but i think you know um there's that verse that says bad company corrupts good manners there's nothing that says like the opposite you know um and not only that but if if you're pulling towards jesus and they're not even if you don't drag them along you end up just pulling away from each other uh, yeah because you've got different goals in mind Right. Um, if you are pulling, if you know, yeah. like that, that's the, that's the scary thing of it. And I think that's why when it comes to relationships, having Jesus as our Lord has to be the primary mm -hmm. rather than the secondary. And I think sometimes like, um, again, I, I love how we got into relationships because <laughs> segued from everything else we talked about. But, you know, it's it's it is an important topic when it comes to how we started it. Um, you know, if. Jesus is not already Lord over your dating life. He's not going to be Lord over your relationship, you know, and if he's Lord over your relationship, then he's going to be Lord over your marriage, you know. Um, and I think like, you know, for, for me, I said this, I said this to Annabelle about her and Chris and I'll tell, I'll tell you guys too. I'll give you guys a compliment. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've kind of seen you guys develop throughout the time. I've been here since, since you came into fruition <laughs> Micah just thought really, really hard and then it just appeared and she's like, not quite what I had in mind, but it'll do. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to see you guys and how you interact as a relationship and, and see how you put Jesus first. And it's always an example and like a reminder to me for, for what I'm looking towards, you know. Um, uh, a reminder that, that those things are out there and to not, you know, settle for less just because, you know, I could find less when it ultimately, again, if I want Jesus to be Lord, then I want to come together with somebody who's going to um, be obedient to his lordship in our lives together. Um, and that's when you're going to be able to have that good communication and, and be able to build that trust and everything that I've seen you guys uh, build over time, um, you know, and, you know. And just a note on like Jesus being Lord and on building relationships, I think is we're not saying like as always, it's not perfection. Perfection. No. There's a lot of room for in error. Both. <laughs> not just for error. I think there's a lot of room for resting. Right. Like I think one of the most healthy things you can do as a follower of Jesus sometimes is to hold at at the same time to hold God, you are sovereign and you are good, and God, I don't get it. How could you let this happen? Absolutely. Um, recently at my church, just this past Sunday, uh, instead of a regular sermon, we had like a panel where they had mm -hmm. like four of us on stage, the senior pastor, myself, and a couple others who either are in ministry or have been in ministry. And, and one of the questions we were asked was in relation to like someone who went through a very hard time. Mm. And I think it's very, very biblical yeah. to be able to hold that. So, And how that relates to relationships is at the same time, you can learn to I love this person. I'm going to sacrifice to this person. And I don't know how this person could do something like that. I'll be honest. In our relationship, it's more me making the mistake than Micah. Just, just, <laughs> just, just being totally... That's not even me being humble. That's me being honest, people. But um, one thing that I love about the faith that God gives us, and of course it is this way because he designed it for us. It uh -huh. is, is 
it is deeply, deeply real. Yeah. It doesn't try to paint over Mm-mm. the tough questions. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's times in, in in the Bible where people wrestle with challenging stuff that it, the Bible acknowledges that it doesn't try to answer every question. Yeah. And I think the same applies in relationships. Sometimes even you find someone who is good and godly. Obviously, I'm not speaking in my experience. Like, do we have you had challenges? Sure, but overall, I'm very blessed with how smoothly our relationship has gone. There have been challenging parts, but I've been very blessed. But even when you find that godly person, mm-hmm. expect there will still be challenging seasons. Absolutely. The thing to remember is not always looking for an answer, but grabbing God's hand and grabbing your partner's mm-hmm. hand and walking through it together. There, there's a song I love uh, called Start the Dance Again. It's by a, a Christian band called The Bird Songs, which is a very interesting name. But um, I like that name. I've never heard it before. I'm going to have to check them out yeah. now. <laughs> and they do, they do a really wide variety of music. They'll do mm-hmm. like worship and like even hymns and then they'll do like pop punk and then like alternative rock. Nice. So they're, they're all over the place. But in their song Start the Dance Again, at one point, they use like dance as a metaphor like first they start talking about actual dance like i was so nervous and i was stepping on your toes kind of deal (laughs) and then they talk about like it and then at one point he's talking to his partner and says if there ever comes a time where our hearts don't i'm sorry where our hearts don't align i'll take your hand and i'll start the dance again but then in the bridge he, he says to the father up above you are the author of this love and as you lead us to the floor how could anyone ask for more and if there ever comes a time where our hearts don't align Mm. i will take your hand and we'll, and we'll, the three of us, will start the dance again. Mm. And I think, look, we can try to give you guys godly advice. And I hope you do take something out of this podcast. But there's also going to become, you're going to come up against situations that we don't have an answer for. No. We come up with situations that we don't have an answer for. But we do have a God who walks with Amen. us through those times. And we are blessed to be in a community of imperfect people, but who are also willing to walk through that stuff with us. Amen. One of the most comforting things to me in my relationship with Micah is that even when we've had a challenge or an issue or something, is that love is still waiting on the other side. Mm. You, you've mentioned before. That's how... so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you have this. You have this recorded now, so you can put it in your vows. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier how, like, in your household growing up, like, mm-hmm. love was conditional. And speaking frankly, we're bringing it full circle to the very beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the truth is, the same was mine. And it was really hard because my dad was a pastor. So not only was he, like, you know, the kind of, like, the leader of the household, but he was also, like, the leading spiritual. kind of spiritual figure mm-hmm. in the whole church. And yet there were times where the love was very, very conditional. Mm. And so, and I'm not saying either Micah or I are a perfect reflection of unconditional love or not, but she is a great reflection of it. And it's a reminder of, like, you know, if this is what her love is like, God's is even better. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to make her a substitute yeah. For God's perfect love, but it is a reflection and a reminder. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That was so cute. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> You're allowed to cry. You're off screen. They can't see yeah, you. Yeah, they can't see you. I have to I have to stay calm. I have to I, I have to pretend not to be that's an emotional you person. Were, you were just talking in your your last episode about almost crying on stage at PBS. Oh, that was in the... I, I think that was before I, I was hit that? start. Watch yes. the bloopers. No. Yes. I don't even know if I recorded that part. But yes, yeah. She she does cry, but she she's a silent crier. Yeah. She is. And it, it is really... You only about... know if she's crying if you know her. Like, yeah. you, you could... I could usually tell when she's praying and stuff for the young mm-hmm. adults. Sometimes I'll look at her and I'll be like, Micah, yeah. stop. And it, it's always like... It, it, I'm not saying you should... I'm not encouraging you to make my girlfriend cry. Please don't. <laughs> but like, the thing that does it is actually like normally like it's the stuff that makes her reflect on like God's goodness. That's, yeah. That's the stuff like so it's not like tears of like sorrow. It's like tears of like just real realizing again and again like how good he is. And I think that's yeah. something that like I want to grow in because like there's a someone once said the longest eighteen inches is from your head to your heart. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I struggle with sometimes because there's things being raised in church and having gone to Bible college intellectually I grasp really well. Like mm-hmm. unconditional love mm-hmm. being one of them. And there's still parts of my life where I go, God, I realize that that is something that my head gets and my heart still processes. Right, right. Um, and again, referencing something we talked about earlier, being in ministry, it's extra hard mm. sometimes to wrestle with the areas where you are imperfect. Like there, like I want to be excellent, but I can stress myself out trying to get everything just right. Yeah. But there is a there is a peace that comes from knowing that it is so much more on God mm-hmm. than it will ever be on me. Yeah. 
and knowing and that is what carries through me through not just my ministry life but my personal life. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Well, I feel like the gospel has been shared all throughout this episode. Multiple times. Multiple times. If you don't get it yet. <laughs> Let sorry. me repeat it one more time. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we're coming to the part of that episode uh, of the episode um, where, you know, I just I want to encourage you guys to grow in your relationship with God um, wherever you might be at, whether you have known him already and you're looking to take next steps with him. Um, needing community, needing to get closer to him, have understanding of some of the stuff that we've talked about tonight. And we we have, we've covered a lot of different topics. And, you know, um, there is a beautiful, perfect love of God that is there and available for you. Um, And if you've never met him before, it's available to you too. Um, All you need to do is come to him, repent of your sins, understand the sacrifice that he made for you, and ask him to be Lord over your life. And it is that simple to just take that next step with him. It's not an easy step. And life with him is not easy. But it is beautiful because there is this understanding that he is at work. Even when we are imperfect, even when we mess up, he is doing a work in and through our lives. And as you submit on to him, you start to see that plan unfold. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't known him yet, get to know him. If you do know him, get to know him deeper. Get connected with community. If you need help or you have questions, please feel free to reach me on any of my social media pages. It's all Keto and Christ. Um, or you could reach me at my email at keto.end.christ at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to try and answer your questions. And if I don't have the answer... Uh, I'm going to send it to Greg. No. <laughs> we're we're going to reach out to Pastor Killjoy. Yeah, we're going to reach out Buzz to Pastor Killjoy. Kill. 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 I'll be Pastor Killjoy. He'll be Pastor... No. I, I, he'll be Pastor Buzzkill. Yeah. I'll be Pastor Killjoy. Yes. But, um, you know, I, I if I can't answer your questions, I will always try to find somebody who can, or I will just simply tell you, I do not know X Jesus. <laughs> Which is a valid response. Yes, it is a valid response because we, we, we can't have all the, the answers this side of heaven. Um, but I definitely will be praying for you and will encourage you um, and try to help you get connected to a community. Um, and, you know, if you're in New Jersey, I'm in uh, Rockaway, which is the middle of nowhere. So odds are you're not there. Mm-hmm. But on the <laughs> but on the like the whole like we've got a We've got a township and a borough. And I think the borough is the smaller one. It's like literally like three square miles. Mm. Uh, it's but um, we do like I've lived in smaller towns, believe it or not. But um <laughs> If on the remote chance you end up there, yes, we would love to have you. But if you're not there, I'm not going to be offended either. What's because, your church name? So they can uh, It's that. really simple. It's Rockaway Assembly of God. It's really easy to remember. But the important thing is at my church, her church, the important thing is a church that, that preaches the gospel. Amen. That is faithful to that and is seeking to train people up to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus. So yes. wherever you are, you could be in Timbuktu and you can still be part of a church. Timbuktu 3, Micah says. Um, I didn't know they built the third one. What happened to the second one? Are they okay? Yeah. Um, and also, you could also go to Annabelle's church. Um, do you guys remember what township it's in? It's also in Jersey. It's also in Assemblies of God. I'll shout it out at the next ones. But it's- I think she actually lives closer to here than I do. So um, no, it's probably. It's, it's father. Yeah. Yes. I, I will get you the information so I could give their church a shout out. I'll start. I'm just going to start listing churches at the end of these videos. It is. If you know which town it's in, I might know it. Um, it's in Assemblies of God, and I don't remember the town. Okay. okay. They're opening the mat- yes. map. Meanwhile, so- she will entertain you with a stand-up comedy routine. Or a dance <laughs> uh, That improv- I have, I have, I have no, no stand-up comedy routine. My jokes are all very not funny. I could talk to you in some Portuguese, but now I'm getting nervous, so I don't know if I'll remember any of it. Um, uh, no hoy. <laughs> no ha. No ha. Amor equal. It means that there's no love like this. So the church is actually an hour away from where she's going to be living. All right. So anyway, I will get Annabelle's information and shout it out. Um, I will also information. We're not like giving you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We'll give give her church's information. It is also Assemblies of God. Um, I was going to say a church name, but I'm pretty sure it's the church of. Anyway, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. I'm scared. No. Um, she used to be part of a cult. <laughs> no, I was never a part of a cult. I fought a cult once. Um, Tune story- in for that in a future yeah. episode. 
But anyway, yes, if you guys are interested in knowing more about the gospel um, and knowing more about Jesus, please reach out. Um, if not to me, then to somebody in your life that knows Jesus who could connect you to community. Um, but God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Thank you so much, Pastor Greg, Absolutely. for being on this episode. Um, I look close. forward to having uh, you and Micah back at another time uh, and uh, having further discussions about parenting. <laughs> there, God there's bless several you guys. steps before that you realize. Peace. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is. I thought we stopped. I can't hear the music. I mean.